Well, thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning. We're glad you're here with us at Church in the Valley. Uh, it was really, really fun just to watch those little kids, just their little faces and the things that they're doing. It's just, and then also watch the video and just know that kids all over the world are going to be able to be connected from a, a dad who loves them. And today, uh, I'm Jeep Underwood, uh, in case you were wondering, and uh, we're, uh, we're going to be continuing a series on seeing God as our Father. And last week, last week we looked at how God is our Father and He really cares about us. He really cares about us. And this week, and just we have His approval and His acceptance. And this week we're going to be looking at the God who challenges us, as the Father, the Father who challenges us to really to, to grow and become more like Him over time. But before we get, before we get into the topic for today, I want to kind of just recap a little bit from last week. And, uh, last week we, we started off with just a quote from A.W. Tozer that should pop up on the screen. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Really, it's we spend our lives uh, responding to uh, really our view of who God is. And so it really marks the way we live our lives. And uh, then we also we looked at what the, script, the scriptures really just reveal that God is a father. That's what God reveals in his word is that God really is a father. And that being a father is really kind of it's the skin that kind of holds all of his attributes together. It's really his, his primary identity, but it includes his love, his mercy, his grace, his sovereignty, and the way he views us and the way he moves towards us in relationship. And then we looked at how just how God is not the reflection of our earthly dad, but he's the perfection of our earthly dad, that he's really a perfect father who relates to us like, like we always long for a father to relate to us. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have our father's approval and acceptance uh, from not based on our performance and how well we do, but really based just on His grace, and that we have, we're we're not moving from we're, we're moving from His approval into our lives, and not for His approval in our lives. That really, that's kind of nailed down is that He really cares about us, and we can't lose that. And then we looked at Ephesians, ended up with Ephesians chapter one, uh, five, one and two. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, and offering in a sacrifice as a fragrant aroma. And it's really from this identity, as beloved children, as dearly loved children, that God challenges us for our lives to really make a difference. He really wants us to, he really wants us to grow up. We have this, because we are his dearly loved kids, we have this tremendous opportunity and uh, responsibility just to grow up. And to really become like him. And that he really challenges us to do that over time. So when you look at that, that verse, it says, be imitators of God. And then it says, and walk in love. The really, to begin to really do life like he does. So you begin to think through like, you, over, over time, what God's hope for us is that we begin to think like him. That we begin to, we begin to talk like him. We begin to act like him. That we respond like him and like he would in situations we're facing that we would care like him in situations we're facing and that we would really be who God is in that moment in our lives. We'd really be like him. What I want to do this morning as we get started is is look at how God really, how he framed the mission that he gave Jesus. And I want to look at something God told the prophet Isaiah many years before Jesus was uh, was born. 
And he kind of paints a picture of what it is he has, what he, what he wants Jesus the Messiah to do, and also the context within which it happens. He says this, God says, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. God starts off, and he starts off with this statement of, I am the Lord. He says, you know, I'm in charge. I'm God. And then he says, I'm giving you a purpose, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk into life with you um, and you're walking into your life and into your purpose with you, holding your hand and watching over you. I'm going to go into it with you. And then uh, just that promise that he wouldn't be alone and that his father would be there right, right there with him and that his purpose would be really just rescuing and uh, liberating people and loving people. So he gave him this, he gave him this mission and then he also said he was going to go with him into it. And one thing we see in the Gospels is that that's, that's exactly how Jesus operated. He really walked in a close, intimate relationship with his father uh, and that he really accomplished God's purpose for his life. And then just after Jesus was crucified, one thing he said was, he said, as the father has sent me, so I send you. Is that he said, my, you know, my father will be your father and he wants you to continue on with what I've been doing. And God really wants us to grow up and to be like him and to be established and equipped to really help other people really come to know him. That's what God really wants. Now, as you're, as you're trying to, you know, as you're trying to learn something, you always start from where you're at. Now, when I was a kid, I, I want to, this morning I'm going to tell a, a few construction stories just because I, my dad, when I think of my dad, I think of a construction because he was a contractor and I worked with him. And I started when I was eight years old. Some of you may, you know, 40 hour weeks when you're eight years old. You know, that's a, that's a long day's work. Uh, I was real good. I was like the, the guy who pushed the broom. So I remember they were building three houses and I would clean one house while they were working, the other they were working. I would just kind of rotate. So I'm actually an expert at sweeping. <laughs> People don't know that, but, uh, but then one day, you know, my dad, you know, he's developing at the time. I don't know this, but he's trying to develop me. He wants me to learn things. So he takes this block of wood. It's a four by 12 piece of uh, lumber about that long, throws it on the ground, gives me a handful of nails and a hammer and says, Hey, go, go pound nails. I'm like, okay, daddy. You know, and so I went out there and, you know, if you've ever been eight years old and swung a hammer, it's, uh, I don't know about you guys. Maybe some of you are really good at pounding nails. Most people, it's like, there it is. Here it is. And something else happens somewhere on the path to the nail. And so I, you know, I, you know, I hit it. I'd bend the nails over. It was, Pretty, pretty messy. But, you know, every once in a while I started learning how to swing the hammer better. And when I got done, that block of wood, you couldn't even see wood anymore. It was, uh, there were so many nails in that wood. I think it weighed like 40 pounds. <laughs> my, my dad said he had a hard time picking it up and get, to throw it away. But I just kept working on that. That was actually a few days, you know, as an eight-year-old, you have, it takes a while. But one thing, you know, thank goodness, you know, I don't do that anymore. You know, I don't, I don't go out in the driveway and go, I'm going to keep learning. No, I, what I did is I actually, I spent time with my dad. And when I got a little bit older, he gave me a, he gave me actually a set of nail bags and I got a hammer. I got my own hammer, got my own nails and I began to work with him. And I began to be challenged by him because I would watch him and I would grab a nail and I would miss it. And then I hit it and then it hit me and then, and then I hit it and then I just, then it would kind of set. So I'd start hitting it some more. And, but I watched my dad and he would just, 
He'd said it and he'd drive it home. Whoa. Said it, drive it home. And I just remember being challenged by, by that, that there was something more. And so I began to, you know, in a lot of different situations, we just began to learn how to pound nails more. And, uh, and just, my dad would pull me aside. He'd say, you know, son, actually, here's some problems you're having. You're holding the hammer wrong. Hmm? You know, you got it up by the neck. He says, you grab it by the end, let the hammer do the work. He just, there's many, many things. You would be surprised at what there is to know about pounding a nail. But my dad would just walk me through that, give me some instruction. And so I began to really develop and be able to do that. And I had a few mishaps. I won't share them today, but they hurt. Uh, but, uh, and so I got, I also got to the point by the time I was in my twenties where I could set a nail and drive it home. And I began to be like my dad. Um, that's really, there's a, there's a, there's an analogy there that, that really is how we really become like God over time as we really spend time with Him. And I'd like to just go through, we really need to spend time with him and we really have to model him and really model his character. And so I'm going to talk about three things this morning. Uh, they'll be up on the screen. It says, uh, so, you know, how do you become like our heavenly father? Well, you, you have to be, you have to be born of God. You have to spend time with him and you have to model his character. So take those one at a time. You know, you have to be born of God. Um, has anyone ever told you that you look like your mom or your dad? Was that an enjoyable experience for some? For some people, you know, I guess if your dad was Brad Pitt, uh, he'd be like, "Hey, all right." You know, unfortunately, my sons have me, and so I, that would that would probably be not as encouraging of a, of a thought for them. But there's there's something about you know we are made of the same stuff, and so when we're born of our mom and dad, we actually develop and we begin to grow and begin to look like them. And that's, that's just, that's just how, that's just how life works. That may not be as encouraging for some of the young folks in here, but that is, you know, that's just what's going to happen. You're going to, you're, you're going to begin seeing some of your mom and dad in you as you get older. And so when you're born of God, when you receive Christ and you're born again, there's something brand new that's born in you that has those same earmarks of God. So let's take a look at Ephesians, what Paul said in Ephesians 4.22 through 24. He said this, he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, he says, you know, you were taught several things. He says, as you became, as you walked, stepped into the kingdom, became God's son and his daughter, you were, uh, you were taught to put off the old self. Did those old ways of living, the old way that you did things, put that off to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, which is just created to be like God. And when you, one thing is when you're, when you're adopted into God's family, then Christ comes to live inside of us and he awakens us spiritually and we become his sons and his daughters. And we now have the potential really to put away what wasn't honoring to God in our lives. And really to put on the new thing that he's doing in our lives. To put that on that, and it really does honor God. That new thing he's doing in our life that really does honor God. We can really have that opportunity to do that. We become more like him over time. So, first thing, you have to be just born of God. The second thing is you have to spend time with him. Um, when Paul looked at, when Paul looked at this idea of receiving Christ and, and becoming a believer and having where to go from there, uh, he, he, he expressed some things in Colossians chapter 2. And I'd like to take a look at that real quick. 
In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul said, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and being, and being built up in Him, now being built up in Him and established in your faith just as you are instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, he says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, he says, if you've been born into the family, how are you received Christ Jesus the Lord? Well, you, is grace through faith. It is completely through God's grace and your faith in him. God brings you into the family. And then he says, in the same way, walk in him. The way you, then that's really just the way you lead your life. He's saying, walk in him. And how do you walk in him? By grace through faith. It's, it's, it's not trying to earn your way with him. It's just what we talked about last week is we have the approval of God and we move into the future with him and just walk with him in grace and through faith. And then he says, we're firmly rooted. It was like, we, we actually were in the family. We're firmly rooted and we're now being built up in him and establishing our faith and being instructed. So being instructed, really the way you spend God and, and really and really learn from him is you spend time in his word and you also, you spend time with other people that are walking with God. Some other, some other parts of, some other folks in the family that have been walking with God for a little bit. And they might be just a few steps ahead of you, but you can really learn a lot of things from other people as well. And so, you know, you really, you really only have, like if you, if you need help up the stairs, you really only need someone who's just a couple steps ahead of you to help you take those steps. So you know, look, you look for people that, uh, that have actually made a little bit of progress and learn from them. And also just really spend time with your father. Um, when I was growing up with my dad in construction, you know, there were several, there were several things that are true about my dad that are now, that are kind of ingrained in me just because I spent time with him and kind of saw the way he operated. He, uh, like one thing, one thing that he, he says many things that just challenged me. One, you know, we'd be working and he would say things like, we're going to do this right the first time. He goes, you only get paid to do it once. <laughs> the second time, you're paying. And so just over time, I just watching him the way he worked, what he's talking about is just doing things with excellence. And so just that, that idea, and it began to be kind of ingrained in the way I, I think and, and work on things, is that we want to do it right the first time. And then he, we, we'd be talking, he'd say, we'd be building a house, and he'd say, we're going to work on this like it's our house. And what he meant by that, and actually you need to like a, you need some explanation with some of my dad's sayings, but what what he meant by that was, you know, you, when you work on somebody else's house, sometimes you don't work on it as well as if it's your own house. And he said, so we're going to do this just like it's ours. And that so it was just, you know, there's many things like that all the time, like framing how we're going to work. And then he, he'd, I would, uh, I would just see just his tenacity and his hard work. I'd just see that. It would challenge me. Uh, I remember, you know, when you're 13, 12 years old and it's 5.30 in the morning, the sun hasn't come up, and you have to pour 100 yards of concrete, and you know how much work that's going to be, and you're sitting there, and you're waiting for the concrete truck to show up. You tend to, like with me, I'd be thinking, well, maybe it won't come. You know, if it didn't come, then we wouldn't have to work that hard. And just in my 12-year-old mind, and then I'd hear the noise. You'd hear it coming around the corner and go, oh, it's here. It's going to be a lot of work. And if you've ever poured concrete, it's a lot of work. And it's unforgiving. You know, so it sets up. You got about three hours. And then after that, 
whatever you did, you did, and that's the way it's going to be uh, for at least 100 years until you, or you break it up with a sledgehammer or something. But just watching my dad jump in, lead the crew, and just pull it together and just and knowing knowing that you know what he probably didn't really want to go do that right then either, but he just he worked hard with tenacity and just learning things with uh, just about integrity with my dad. Um, one time I remember a subcontractor told him you know he was tr- trying to get my dad to do something. I can't remember what it was, but he threatened him. He says, "I'm going to turn you into the Better Business Bureau if you don't do what I just asked you to do." And I remember my dad. He just reached in his pocket and pulled out his cell phone. And he says, "Here, you can use my phone." And the reason, and I, you know, that, that impacted me. But the reason is, is that my dad. One thing, as I was growing up with him, is he would always say, "We're going to play by the rules. We're going to we're going to pay to play." So there was nothing. There was no corners he was cutting. There was nothing he wasn't doing. He wasn't supposed to do. And so he just had some real. He just had some real protection from things. So he, that was just just growing up with him, watching him, being challenged by him and who he was, just made a huge difference for me. And so really to get time with God, just to spend spend time with him in his word, getting to know what he is and what he's like. And then seek time with other people that are a little ways ahead of you. Like I had a bunch of cousins that were just a little older than me. I learned a lot from them, uh, good and bad. But uh, I learned a lot just by watching them too as they as they were making their progress through life. Then the, the third thing I wanted to uh, cover this morning is you have to model his character. You have to model his character in your own life. You have to put it into practice. So I want, I want to tell one more construction story. And this one is like, it's actually outside of like working with my dad. It was just years later. Uh, Neil and Melinda Walker decided that they wanted to uh, remodel their house several years ago. And you know what? Well, as we were talking about that, I remember just thinking, wow, that's going to be a lot of work. And then we, you know, the bunch of people volunteered. I was volunteering bunch of people volunteered. We came over and we ripped their house apart. If you're walking in someone's house, I don't know, how many of you guys have done demolition in a house? Anybody? All right. So you know the joys. There's, there's, there's just joy. My cousin and I, we used to, we go into a house and we'd have a contest. We both have a sledgehammer. We'd see who got to the middle of the kitchen first, you know, and so you had to destroy everything between you and the middle and we just, we had fun, but. But with this one, I wasn't having as much fun because as we were tearing everything out, everyone was taking everything out. I kept thinking, we got to put it back. We got to put it back and we got to do a, several other things. And, and I wasn't working with my dad on this. I was, it was a challenge that was, uh, on, for all of us. It was a challenge. But for me and what I could provide, it was a challenge. And I started to start get kind of nervous. You know, do I remember? Do I know how to do all this stuff? Can I remember how to do this stuff? And so we did. We, we tore out windows and doors, reframe windows and doors. Um, we did plumbing, sheetrock, cabinets, every single thing. Put a new ceiling in, all kinds of things. It was almost just a radical remodel. And there were several times, nobody, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I made several phone calls to my dad. And I'd say, hey, dad, um, hey, I'm getting ready to cut a hole in someone's wall. <laughs> uh, where we're going to have a breeze, kind of a, a place between the, the kitchen and the living room. It's going to be about 13, 14 feet long. Man, Dad, how do I make sure I put that in the right place? Because <laughs> you only get one chance, you know, to cut a hole in someone's house. And, uh, you know, if there's some things I'm sorry, don't help. Uh, so, so I, you know, I'm, I was stressing over that, and I got some input from my dad. And he asked me, he asked me a key question, is it a bearing wall? Oh, yes, it's bearing the load. So 
he taught me, he, he just reminded me of how uh, to put a false wall in. So we put a false wall in that held the, held the way the, of the house and get so I can cut this hole. And I measured that hole. I had to have measured that hole a hundred times. I just, and so I marked it out, then I measured it again, and there's nothing like sticking a sawzall in the hole and just cutting someone's house. But it turned out. It turned out. I had some good input, and it turned out. Then uh, another another thing that came up, you know, I'll just briefly mention is plumbing. One of the things we did was do the plumbing, and I'd helped my dad do a lot of plumbing over the years. And I remembered all the part I did, but he always did the soldering, and I couldn't remember. How do you solder? And what's, how do you make sure you do a good job soldering? And so my dad, just he just walked me through it step by step, and I went, thanks, Dad. And then I had to go do it. And so we then, we, we, we replumbed the whole kitchen and uh, put all the fittings together, and I'm in there soldering it. So actually, if Neil and Melinda have a terrible leak in their kitchen, you know it's my fault. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have gone on record. Can we turn the tape off? No. Um, but I, uh, but you know what? That, it was, there was just a challenging circumstance that I actually had to do it. I had to learn how to actually put it into action myself. And, uh, you know, and someone, someone asked, several times people have asked me, hey, how did you learn how to do all this stuff? And the answer, the question actually, it isn't how, it's who. Is I just spent time with my dad, and that's what he was doing. And that really, uh, it really taught me how to do construction. And that's the way God, the way God operates, or one of the ways he really operates, is he, he provides opportunities for us to step into that might be, um, just a little over our heads. It might be really challenging. It gives us a really challenging opportunity to step into. Like it might be, you might have an opportunity to help someone spiritually. You might have an opportunity to help someone. Uh, you might have an opportunity to really serve someone. You have, there's a real need there. You could really serve them. You might have an opportunity to bring peace to a situation. Maybe there's a couple of, you know, folks you know that are just kind of out of sorts with each other. You're in the middle. You have this opportunity. You could actually help bring peace. Maybe you have an opportunity to lead something, to really put some pieces together and make something happen. A lot of times those, those challenges, those opportunities we have are really challenging and it can feel very much beyond our capacity. What we need to just remember is that, is that God is right there with us. And so we take the things that we've learned about Him and we put those into practice. And we step out and we begin to learn how to do those things ourselves. As we really spend time and we hold on to God's hand. Uh, there's a, and He's really with us. There's a, there's a verse, a very encouraging verse to me I always wanted to share in Hebrews uh, chapter 4. It says, for we do not have a high priest. This is talking about Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But just to know that, that, that God's right there, he's enabling us, and, and Jesus, who, wa- who walked with his father all the way through his earthly life, and is closely connected with him now, is right there and we can actually come to the throne of grace and ask for help. And as we put it, as we work to put our, put into practice the things we're, put into practice the things that he would do in a situation, he's really there to really help us and really teach us how that works. Now David, King David in the, in the Old Testament was someone who God put a lot of challenging things, challenging opportunities in front of him. I'd like to take a look at what, what he said in Psalm 37. He said, the steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. 
When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. That was his experience, and that's what our experience is as we walk with God, is that he's really with you. And now, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, raising little kids, they start learning how to walk. They get to about two years old. They hold on your hands. You're walking around. They're not the most stable kids in the world. You know, they, they fall all the time. And uh, the thing is, though, they're holding you by the hand, so when they fall, they don't hit and they don't get hurt. And so that's one thing God is, that's one thing David means here is that God's holding on to us. And as we really attempt things for Him, if we make a mistake or we, 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 it doesn't go through the way we want it to, that He really is holding on to us and taking care of us. So as going from there, like as you, as you begin to spend time with Him for instruction in the scriptures, as you spend time with Him, Watch, as you're reading, watch what he's doing. Watch him, watch, observe him. Like a little kid watches their dad and sees what they're doing. Watch him as you're reading the scriptures. And just remember that when you open the Bible, that that's really God is revealing himself to you. That's God revealing God when you're opening the Bible. And, you know, a good place as you, a good place to start, some advice on how to get going on this or continue in this, is spend some time in the Gospels. Spend some time in the Gospels and really watch what Jesus is doing. One thing Jesus said is, uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you can really learn a lot about God by watching Jesus, learn about the Father. Watch what Jesus did, how he acted, what he thought, what he said, uh, how, he, how he treated people. And then start doing those things in your life. Start modeling that in the lives of the people around you and in, in the arenas you're working in. Just relying on him and his grace. And then as you, uh, as you spend time in the Bible, I got a couple of questions that you can, you can ask as you're trying to kind of pull some of that out. One question is, what is, what is my father doing in this verse? What is my father doing in this verse? And then the next, the next question is, what is my father like in this verse? So what is my father doing in this verse? What is my father like in this verse? What does it tell me about him? And then as you're taking that in, you might, you might be reading something. You might say, you know what? What God's doing is he's being fair. He's being really fair with people. Well, today in my life, I'm going to be fair with people. Look for opportunities to be fair. Uh, you might go in there and say, you know what? What he's doing is he's reaching out to people that a lot of people aren't reaching out to. Well, that's what I'm going to do today in my life is I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to people in my life. You might, you might, look at, you might read through there and you go, you know, he's standing up for what is right. He's standing up for what is right with someone. Well, today as I live my life, I'm going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to be looking for ways to stand up for what's right. And as we model that and as we put those things into practice, then we really will learn from our Father and we really will make progress and we really will grow up over time and over time we'll become more and more like Him. So this morning as a, uh, as, as we wrap up, just a couple of, just some questions to gauge that are based on, on the outline. Just some questions is, first question is, have you been born of God? To really, to really think through and consider that. Have I been born of God? Because without that spiritual birth, you really can't grow up to be like Him. You know, was there, was there a moment when you gave, when you actually put your faith in Jesus and really accepted Him in and made Him the boss of your life? Was there that moment in your life? That's one question that you could ask this morning. Another question is, you know, are you spending time with Him? Are you spending time with Him and really trying to see him and trying to understand where he's coming from and what he's like. 
And are you learning from other people? Are you spending time? And the third question is just, are you, are you trying to actively put into practice the things you're learning about him? Are you modeling his character in your life? So just, just things to think through and maybe some springboard into some action steps for things you could do. So as we do that, as we do actually spend time with him, it really does, we become more and more like him and we actually achieve the purpose that he has for us and we have meaningful lives. So let me, uh, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and uh, come back up. And if you have some more things to fill out on your connection card, you can go ahead and fill those in, drop it in the offering when it comes by, and then uh, go through a couple next steps. You know, maybe for you this morning, maybe just pursuing knowing your Father through the Scriptures. Maybe that's a, a great next step for you. And maybe it's just modeling modeling your Father this week as you live your life, looking for ways to really model God to other people. And it might be that God has really given something else to you this morning, something that spoke to you. And I just pray that you just put that into practice and really do something with that. So with that, I'll pray. Dear God, Father, I just pray this morning that you would really uh, mark us and help us to see your love and acceptance of us. And God, I pray that as you put challenging opportunities in front of us, that we would spend time with you and model how you would live in those situations. And that, God, you would really hold us by the hand and we'd really make progress in life. In Jesus' name, amen.